Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. We're so very grateful that you have joined us. We have over 800 participants that have registered for this event. This is um, the first in the series that we're going to have that we're calling a virtual Vaishnavi Collective. Um, we're so very grateful. We have so many Prabhupada disciples that have joined us to encourage us and to give us their association. Um, I really wanted to express my gratitude to His Holiness Radhanath Swami Maharaj, who so graciously accepted the invitation to come and address us. Um, I would like um, to request Malti Prabhu to please introduce our speakers to today. Malti Prabhu. Okay. Can you hear all right? Yes, we can hear you. Thank you. Okay, Hare Krishna. Welcome everybody. So a new initiative, a new beginning, a new gathering, a new Sangha. So I've been asked to introduce our two guests of honor. And I'm very pleased by that. We'll begin with His Holiness Radhana Swami. So Radhana Swami was initiated by his confounder Acharya A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada into the sacred lineage of Bhakti, Krishna consciousness, in the early 70s. From his humble beginning in Bhakti, milking cows and practicing in an isolated rural Hare Krishna farm, he has transformed into one of today's most humble but respected spiritual teachers, gurus. He's also revered and respected as a mentor, community leader, spiritual activist, and acclaimed author. Rooted in his study of ancient India's devotional tradition as taught by Srila Prabhupada, Radhanath Swami's message remains as truthful and profound as it is simple. Today, Radhanath Swami remains an active leading member within ISKCON, as well as the founder and coordinator of multiple spiritual-based projects, the most prominent of which is the Radhagopinath Mandir slash ashram, located in the heart of Mumbai, India, and the Govardhan Eco Village outside of Mumbai, and the Bhaktivedanta Hospital, which is absolutely unique in the world for its attention to genuine body, heart, and soul healing, soul healing which includes up-to-date medical knowledge and practices combined with ancient healing therapies. He travels widely teaching Krishna conscious philosophy and spirituality throughout Europe, Asia, and America. He's been featured as a guest speaker in universities such as Princeton, Harvard, Columbia, and Stanford, and in corporations such as HSBC, Microsoft, Intel, and Oracle. While maintaining his own religious practice as a Vaishnava monk, Radhanath Swami is able to speak to universal principles of spirituality that cut across the faith spectrums and transcend sectarian differences. On a personal note, I'm profoundly grateful for the care and guidance Maharaj has bestowed upon me during my own Krishna conscious practice and activities. 
Thus, it is with great honor and respect that I introduce Radhana Swami Maharaj to our online spiritual adventure today. Hare Krishna. Om Akyan Timidandasya Kyananjana Chalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmoi Sri Gurabe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyabadi Asyatyade Shatarine Banchakal Patarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Bhavanibhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare I am very grateful, very honored, and most happy to be with all of you today. This very auspicious occasion of inaugurating this effort for Vaishnavis throughout the world to come together to share. I'm, I'm quite overwhelmed that you have included me. Malati Devi Prabhu, thank you for being truly my well-wisher on behalf of Srila Prabhupada, my ever well-wisher. The first time that I ever was given the prasad of Lord Krishna was from the loving, devoted hands of Malati Devi Prabhu. <clears throat> that was in March of 1971. And it was on that occasion during the Kras Medan Pandal program in Mumbai that I was sitting in this huge park and there was hardly anyone there during the daytime. And there was a lady she was sitting all alone on a stage with a microphone, with her eyes closed, chanting, chanting beautiful prayers and mantras. And I was taken aback because she was putting her heart, her soul, her everything into this chanting. And there was just no one around. There was a few people just kind of walking through the park, hardly anyone stopping, but she was absorbed. Such a meditation, such a, such a 
commitment to to God, I was thinking. And I sat there and I listened. And she became a guru in my heart because what does devotion really mean? And she was Yamuna Devi Prabhu. And later on, about almost a year later in Brindaban, I met her at the Radhadamodar temple. And along with Guru Das Prabhu, I was hearing the two of them speaking um, just among each other. And everything they were speaking was based on how could they best please their beloved spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada. And such devotion to Guru, such surrender, such bhakti, it was really um, opening the doors to another dimension of what Vrindavan really is. My very worshipable um, God sisters and the Vaishnavis within this movement of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I sincerely want to serve under your lotus feet. And I was asked to speak something about association of devotees. And of course, with this coronavirus, COVID-19 um, crisis that the world is going through, um, the devotees are also very much feeling this effect. These types of situations, when Srila Prabhupada, when, when Krishna is really the center focus of our purpose in life, then these situations actually help us to grow individually and collectively. I'm just thinking of an example. Some years ago, we were taking a large group of devotees, mostly from India, but there were some people from international community. We were on a yatra or a pilgrimage to South India. And I really wanted to go to a place called Dhanus Tirtha. Dhanus Tirtha is the very tip of a peninsula, which today we call Rameshwaram. Rameshwaram, that's the place where they built the bridge across the Indian Ocean from Rameshwaram to Sri Lanka. So in Shaitanya Charitamrita, in a purport, Srila Prabhupada writes that anyone who visits Danus Tirtha will be liberated. So I was really happy that we have perhaps thousand devotees and let us all be liberated. So we went to the place that we were told was Danus Tirtha. But it didn't seem that way because the way it's explained in the scriptures, it's the place where two oceans are meeting. Like at Prayag, there's the meeting of the Yamuna, the Ganga, the Saraswati. At Danus Tirtha, 
it's the merging together of the Bay of the Bay of Bengal and the Indian Ocean. And it's considered such a holy place. So there was only a seashore. And I was looking, where's the other ocean that's meeting it? And the local guide was saying, this is Danustirta. And I said, no, this cannot be Danustirta. The two oceans must meet. And after much coaxing, he said, it's many, it's several hours walking that direction, but there's no vehicles of any sort that go there. The only way to get there is walk and nobody likes to do that. So I asked the devotees and everyone was eager. So we walked there. It was really an incredible place to see two oceans. Instead of the waves coming into the shore, they were going into each other. And we were standing at the tip of the land and looking out. We all went in to bathe. It was beautiful. Something happened. And when things are difficult to achieve, we appreciate them more. After walking for hours and hours and hours through the sun and chanting the whole time, by the time we saw this beautiful darshan of Danus Tirta, we were exhilarated, we were thrilled, we were so eager to go in the water. And of course, by Srila Prabhupada's calculation and the mood of Lord Chaitanya Nityananda, if we become liberated, then we have more effect to liberate other people. In Krishna consciousness, everything is based on service, how we could uplift other people, how we could uplift people of all species of life without discriminating in all of these mundane designations. So it was a very happy experience. But as we were bathing, saying prayers, offering oblations in between these two oceans, suddenly in a certain place, there was an undercurrent created by the two oceans hitting each other. And it was beyond any human being to, to resist this if you were caught in that undercurrent. And suddenly, somebody who was out some way from the shore started screaming. He was sucked further and further and being sucked down and he was struggling, struggling for his life. And suddenly, none of us could be happy because there was a devotee who was in danger. And somebody, by Krishna's grace, had the idea, we have, to, we have to form a chain of devotees holding hands to somehow or other reach him. And there were no boats, there were no lifeguards or rafts. There was no way to help him except this. But the difficulty is, if you were not standing on the sand, could everyone hear? Yes, Lars, we can hear you. Okay, there's things going on on my screen. There was, 
if you're not standing on the sand to keep some base, then you're going to be swept in into the ocean. And he was so far out. We made this chain of devotees holding hands very tightly and perhaps about 15 or 20 could be slightly standing on the sand and another 20 or 30 were actually in the ocean being dragged in. But there was another 20 or 30 devotees on the shore holding them and pulling. So in this way, you know, these devotees, most of them risked their lives. If two hands broke, perhaps dozens of people would die. But these devotees, they didn't even think twice. Everyone was there to save this one person's life. And somehow or other, they reached him. And then, you know, the people on the shore, the devotees, um, they were walking and pulling all the rest in. There was, there was males, there were females, there was old, there was young. Everybody was trying to help in whatever way they can, either on the, on the shore or in the ocean itself, depending on their capacity. That experience helped me to reflect. Srila Prabhupada quotes from the great scriptures that this material existence is compared to an ocean. It's an ocean of birth, old age, disease, and death. It's an ocean that culminates in suffering. And being an ocean, nobody could cross over it on their own. An ocean is, is, is just too big and just too great for any of us, whoever we may be. And how the only way to get relief from this, this material ocean is Kripasindu, is to come in contact with an ocean of mercy. This idea of an ocean of mercy had a new realization to me when I saw this. How no individual devotee could have saved that person. But the union of all of us being willing to make effort and take risk to help one another was the strength that not only saved one person's life, but nourished so much faith in everyone. Because that person who surely would have drowned was not a great famous spiritual leader, he was just an ordinary Krihasta devotee who was in, with his occupation and not, not exalted in the sense of um, fame. 
but he was exalted because he was a sincere devotee. And when he was being sucked down by that ocean, he cried for help. And he understood that Krishna's help in this situation could only come through the Vaishnavas. And the Vaishnavas heard that calling and responded, took risks and made great efforts. Similarly, in this ocean of material existence, sometimes devotees get caught in undercurrents. This is padam padam yadvi padam natesham. There's danger at every step in, from so many points of view. And sometimes devotees are challenged by in health. Sometimes they're challenged by the influence of maya or the illusory energy. And our community is really um, Krishna conscious when we are all there for each other. There was a rule before we went in the ocean that day, nobody should go beyond where their feet could touch the sand. So he did. He made a mistake. But no one was thinking, well, it's his fault. He made a mistake. He was suffering. Let's all come together to help. Kripa Sindhu. Srila Prabhupada was Kripa Sindhu. He crossed over the Arabian Sea where he had heart attacks. He crossed over the Atlantic Ocean on a cargo ship. He crossed over so many oceans as he circled the world over a dozen times because we were all being dragged down by the undercurrent of this material nature. Spiritually, we were drowning, but he was there to help us without judging us, without discriminating of who is fit or who is unfit. He saw that we were all spirit souls. We were all part of Krishna. And whoever's heart was sincere and, and willing to open to receive his mercy, he gave his life to give that mercy. And he asked us, each one of us, to assist him, to be his, um, to, to be his representative in the sense that we're here for each other as a community and together, if we're holding hands, we can actually reach out to save so many people in this world who are suffering, being drowned by spiritual forgetfulness. What it really means to put Krishna in the center is to be there for each other. I remember for a very short time um, when I was living at New Vrindavan, I was, I was injured and then I was Pujari for Radha Vrindavan Chandra, who were then living at the farm of Buhulaban. Otherwise, I was living up on the mountain with the Brahmacharis. But during this short time that I was there, something extraordinary happened. 
I remember I was Pujari and it was the time of the noon arti. I was in the Pujari room taking care of the deity's clothes and transferring their plates and all of those simple things. Um, and another devotee was offering the arti. Somehow or other, there was one other person in the temple. Everyone else was out working. It was noontime. The pujari offered the arti with the lamp, the ghee lamp, and then gave it to this devotee who was in the temple who went and offered it to Srila Prabhupada and then brought it back to the entrance to the altar. Well, he put it close to the curtains that closed to give the deities privacy. And somehow or other, the lamp lit the curtains on fire. It was a blazing fire. It seemed like it was going to burn down the entire building with the deities. So this person who was in the temple room, he ran and he got a big, full fire extinguisher and sprayed it and sprayed it and sprayed it. He emptied the entire fire extinguisher and put out the fire. But what happened in the process is there was a type of synthetic powder that came out of this fire extinguisher. And he sprayed so much that each of the deities, Gornitai, Radha, Brindaban, Chandra, Radha, um, Radha Krishna, Jagannath Baladev, Subhadra, Shalagram Shilas, they were completely covered with a thick layer of this powder. I ran in from the back onto the altar from the Pujaya room, and when I saw it, I was shocked. It looked like they were living in Bajrinath, totally covered by snow. You could not see any of the features. It was so much of this powder. And when I went to see if it could come off, as soon as you touch the powder, it became like glue, sticky, and it seemed impossible. And yet Krishna, in all of his wonderful forms, and all of his beautiful jewelry that was handmade over years in Nubrindavan and all of his wonderful clothes that were hand-stitched, everything appeared helplessly ruined. At that time, the leader of the community was in India. He wasn't there. And I was thinking, how are we going to deal with this situation? It's the middle of the day. Everyone's out. The leader's gone. And within minutes, when the news spread, all the devotees from all the directions, they all came running with such a sense of urgency to help. 
I was a little brahmachari as a pujari, and I was trying to coordinate, but it was so limitlessly beyond me. But everybody was there to help. There were dozens and dozens of people on the altar, somehow or other trying to get that gooey, pasty fire extinguisher, probably highly toxic poison off the deities, and somehow or other to get it out of all the jewelry and all the clothes. It took hours and hours and hours, and practically the whole community was, was focused, samadhi, on one point, to serve the deities. Because after all, Srila Prabhupada personally, personally entrusted us with the care of the deities at Radharas Bihari Temple in Juhu of, Mum, of Mumbai, Srila Prabhupada promised the deities that I will build you a temple. And the type of diseases and the type of social attacks and the challenges and the legal issues that devotees had to go through, but they did it together because Srila Prabhupada entrusted us with this service. So on this situation in New Vrindavan, I could see how even though devotees had so many different opinions and so many times they were arguing, when it was actually a real crisis, because Krishna was in the center, there was total unity. There was total service attitude. It didn't matter whether one had a high position or whether it had a different position. The service was just somehow or other um, scraping this powder out of, of the different cracks of the jewelry and off the different deities. It was such a simple service. And devotees were crying, crying to see Krishna in this condition. In Chaitanya, one interesting thing is that particular day when that happened, and devotees throughout the entire day and through most of the night, nonstop, gave up eating, sleeping, everything to serve together to bring the deities and all of their paraphernalia back to its pristine form. And the community did it. Unity was our strength, keeping Krishna in the center. Srila Prabhupada would often give that analogy that if you throw a stone in a pond, if each stone is in the same place, then all the circles that expand from that will be in harmony with each other. But if we throw stones in different places, then all of the circles will be conflicting with each other. There will be turbulence. So this is what it means to actually keep Krishna in the center, to keep the will of Krishna, to keep the will of the guru in the center. And what that really means, Srila Prabhupada spoke in so many ways. Krishna speaks, mad bhakta pujab yadika, that to keep Krishna in the center and our guru is in the center, 
means we have to keep our service to the Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis in the center. That particular day happened to be Varaha Dwadasi, the appearance day of Lord Varahadev. Lord Varahadev, when the whole earth planet was stuck in a dirty place in the bottom of the ocean, the Lord appeared in this beautiful form as a boar and took the earth from that dirty place where it was being drowned and brought it back to its natural position. And similarly, on this day, when Krishna, Varahadev himself, was covered in this way, all the devotees came together. And Krishna led us by his own causeless infinite mercy. Krishna allowed us to save him. Varahadvadasi takes place just one or two days before the appearance day of Nityananda Prabhu. Nityananda Trayodasi. Nityananda Prabhu, this was his special mercy. His Lord Chaitanya told him, do not, do not in any way let the divisions of society cause you to discriminate who is a candidate to receive Krishna's mercy. Dinahina yatachilo harinama udharilo tarasakshi jagai madhai. Jagai and madhai were most unfit. But Nityananda Prabhu and Thakur Haridas, they saw the potential within them. Whatever they had done, whatever they had not done, this was the message of Lord Chaitanya. And this is what Srila Prabhupada dedicated his life to, to be an instrument of Lord Nityananda Prabhu and Lord Chaitanya's mercy. And he wanted us, he pleaded with us, he directed us, he exemplified for us the importance of being united on the higher principle where we really care for each other. In one instance, Lord Chaitanya said that all of the property and all of the wealth of an entire universe is not equal to me as one sincere devotee. That is how Krishna sees. That's how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appreciates a devotee. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, sometimes when devotees would criticize each other, he would compare it to pointing out the marks on a beautiful full moon. We have to learn to see the sincerity, even if a devotee is having difficulty. Devotees are there for each other. Kal Krishna Das, he had serious problems in his service to Lord Chaitanya. But all the devotees headed by Nityananda Prabhu, they all cared so much for him. They extended themselves to keep him engaged 
in Krishna consciousness. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he established Nagar Sankirtan or the chanting in the streets at the time when the Chankazi was breaking the Murdangas and beating, plundering and imprisoning the Vaishnavas. In this way, it was at the most drastic time that Lord Chaitanya created the most wonderful, wonderful unity of everyone to chant the holy names. So whatever situation may be, our service to Srila Prabhupada, our service to Sri Shiradha, um, Shamsundar is so much based on how we're there for each other, how we're there to keep our hands joined so that we could actually save each other from the ocean of birth and death. This will be how we make spiritual progress as a movement. And how we make spiritual progress as a movement is very much how each one of us individually will have good spiritual health. I'm so grateful to Radha Dasi and Govinda Priya Devi and, and Prabhus and all of the incredible devotees who have brought together this Vaishnavi ministry and the effort that you're making is, is glorious and it's historical. And my sincerest prayers for empowerment and for blessings and for grace to shower upon all of you. And please accept me as your servant. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Maharaj, for such heartfelt talk and for taking out your time to spend with us. We're so, so, so very grateful. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Marty Prabhu, if you would please introduce our next speaker. Hare Krishna, and my thanks also to Radhanath Swami for fantastic, practical, useful advice in Krishna consciousness. Now, my great pleasure to introduce Her Grace Radha Devi Dasi who is um, a disciple of His Holiness Mukunda Maharaj Goswami and has been practicing Krishna consciousness, Bhakti Yoga, since the 1980s. In the past, she served at, on temple boards in New Govardhan, California, and New Vrindavan, West Virginia. And along with her husband, Yudhisthir, she has been involved, they have been involved in congregational preaching since the early 1990s. Developing, I remember a particular dynamic um, group, the Bhakti Chakras. <laughs> uh, she has a lifelong interest in issues concerning women and children. And currently, she serves ISKCON and the GBC as the International Vice Navi Ministry with a chair at the GBC. Her past service includes work with ISKCON Communications. Child Protection Office, as well as Congregational Preaching. Um, little background, Radha is a graduate 
of Harvard Law School, practices law in the US with an emphasis on helping victims of domestic abuse. She's a trained peer counselor for domestic abuse issues and previously taught at Chapman University School of Law and University of San Diego School of Law. Radadasi and her husband, Yudhisthira, are personal friends of mine whose association I deeply value and appreciate. Mati Prabhu, over the years, Govinda Priya Prabhu, thank you so much for organizing this. Um, you have exceeded my wildest hopes in your service as the North American Vaishnavi Minister. And again, I'm going to pat myself on the back for having appointed you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can pat myself on the back for appointing you. <laughs> Maharaj, thank you for your continued blessings and for a wonderful class. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of the Vaishnavis for being present. I appreciate this opportunity. I know there are many other things you could be doing with your time. And I ask for your blessings that I will say something that will be useful to you. So the title of this session is Growing Together in Krishna's Service. And I, I like that idea of growing together because we are um, always, as devotees, in the process of trying to make advancement. You know, we're always trying to improve. We're always trying to purify our consciousness. And this is something that can only be done in the association of devotees. And we're told so many times how important the association of other devotees is, right? We can't make uh, spiritual advancement without it. We can't serve Krishna without it. Uh, and it's especially important for Vaishnavis. And there are a lot of reasons for this, and I'm sure you can think of some. But there are a couple that, that I think about very often. And probably the most important is that we cannot learn how to be Vaishnavi from a Vaishnava, right? Many times we think that we want to get the advice of our guru or the temple president. And that advice in our lives is going to be the most potent because they're such advanced devotees. But sometimes um, the people who have experienced what we're experiencing have the best advice for us. So it's important to have Vaishnavis who give us support and uh, that we can learn from. As the Vaishnavi minister, I get um, requests, I'll say from different Vaishnavis who are dealing with some difficulty in their local yatra. Um, and it, it kind of breaks my heart that I'm the person they're reaching out to because I don't know them. I don't know their situation. I don't know their yatra. And they don't have somebody in their community that they feel comfortable sharing the issue with. That makes me really think about what does it mean to associate with devotees. You know, we go to the temple. Some of these ladies have been going to the temple since they were children. You know, they've been raised in Krishna consciousness. Um, you know, and all of them are longtime active members of ISKCON. So what does it mean to associate? And for these devotees, it means uh, being in a kirtan, hearing a class, discussing scripture with others. These are all important. You know, we can't do without them. 
but there has to be something more to our association or we're cheating ourselves. One way in which we can take association from Vaishnavis is to understand that there's a very important way in which Vaishnavis protect each other. When I was a young devotee, <clears throat> I say that a lot nowadays, which proves that I'm old, but when I was a young devotee, I had the opportunity for a private meeting with Yamuni Devi. And I was very excited to get her advice. I had been married before I became a devotee and I was wondering if it was proper for me now that I was a devotee and not married anymore to marry again, right? And I was kind of at that time leaning into the idea that maybe I shouldn't get married again. And that kind of sounded good because there wouldn't be any conflicts with another person. I wouldn't have to deal with somebody else's mind, right? My, my own was enough. But to my surprise, Yamuna Davies said, you know, to be a single woman and practice Krishna consciousness is almost impossible. She said that her experience was unique as she and Dina Tarne were able to support each other and that I should really consider, seriously consider getting remarried. And I took away two things from that. You know, one is that, yes, marriage is very important for a Vaishnavi. Uh, but the other is that there are many ways in which Vaishnavis can support each other. Dina Tarney and Yamuna Devi's um, example, you know, is one way that we give shelter to each other. But it's not just for women who... Is that a sign? <laughs> should, I, should I be quiet? Um, most of us are not going to be married for our entire life. You know, at the very minimum, there's going to be a time from birth to marriage where we're not married. Many of us will be widows, right? Um, so we're not always going to have a husband. And those are times when we can give each other shelter and should give each other shelter. But also, um, there are, there's a sense in which Vaishnavis need each other for kinds of support that maybe our husbands are not giving us, or maybe they can't give us as much as we need. And I'm talking about emotional support psychological support, those kinds of things. Um, Vaishnavis are naturally inclined to be good listeners, you know, to show compassion and nurturing and empathy. Uh, not that Vaishnavs don't have those things to offer, but our association with Vaishnavs is going to be limited to our husband, at least on the level of sharing these kinds of things and expecting our husbands to provide all of these emotional support that we need. It's not fair any more than we should be expected to provide all their emotional support. So it's important to have Vaishnavi friends, right? If we're going to the temple and we're not getting close to people, we need to rethink that. And that's also an instruction that we can find in our own scriptures. The nectar of instruction lays out, you know, how do Vaishnavas associate, right? Um, six loving exchanges, right? Giving prasadam, receiving prasadam, giving gifts, receiving gifts, and revealing the mind in confidence and hearing confidentially, okay? So first thing is these are loving exchanges, right? They're not mechanical. There's supposed to be some love in, this, in these relationships between devotees. And also it's 
mutual, right? It's not that you're senior to me, so I always hear and you always speak, right? And now we may have relationships like that. We may have relationships where it's our duty to hear and, you know, to maybe ask a question and not, not uh, speak. But all of us should be doing all six things, right? I should have somebody that I'm revealing my heart to. I should have somebody that I'm giving prasadam to. I should have somebody that I'm giving gifts to. And similarly, I should be receiving those things, right? So we have to make sure that we're developing relationships in love and that we are reciprocating with each other. Um, oftentimes, I, I do hear devotees say that this reciprocation of revealing the mind confidentially and sharing confidentially, that that's talking about the confidential knowledge, Krishna Kata, because that's what we're supposed to focus on. Um, I think it really goes a little deeper than that. And I'll, as I continue, drill down, you know, and hopefully uh, make that point clearer. I have noticed in my reading of Bhagavatam, and especially in reading Chaitanya Charitamrita, how many times this idea of loving exchanges, loving reciprocations between the devotees is mentioned. Um, one of the things that is said in the 11th canto, when the nine Yugendras are giving knowledge to King Mimi, is that the devotees, we should associate together. We should associate together <coughs> in Krishna Kata, and in devotional service. But loving friendship should develop from that association, right? So again, it's not enough to just mechanically go through the motions. We have to actually develop the, the mutual love for each other. And that's, it says in that uh, canto that yes, that's the sign that this association is working, is purifying us, that we're becoming friends, that we're learning to love the devotees. And that's, I think, the key. Sometimes we think association, but we don't realize that the kind of association we're required to, to have includes friendship, right? When we say, let's associate with the devotees, we kind of get one mood. But if, if I say, let's make friends, that is a different mood. And that's the mood that we need to cultivate. So why, you know, why friendships? We've all got a ton of service. I go to the temple. I, you know, have so many things on my list that I need to get done. It's for the deities. And, you know, most temples are undermanned. Even if you're going to a home program or you're serving your deities at home, there's always so much to do. So, you know, what is the necessity of this friendship, right? Well, for one thing, it's a human need, right? You're, you are going to have friends or you're going to be psychologically unhealthy. You know, you don't really have a choice. It's part of what we need to be healthy human beings. Um, and also, at, for many of us, myself definitely included, our friends are wonderful mirrors for us. And what I mean by that is I have a hard time seeing my own anartas, right? You know, I can see everybody else's anartas very easily, but my own are mostly hidden for me, right? So my friends, because they know me, they can gently and lovingly reflect to me things that I need to work on, right? Just like I can't see the back of my own head, somebody has to tell me, you know, do I have a tag sticking out? Is my hair messed up in the back, right? My friends also have to tell me um, when I'm overreacting, you know, when I'm being too hard on someone, all these kinds of things. So this, this valuable feedback, if we don't have friendships with devotees, we're missing a really important piece 
of the process of devotional service. So now I hope you're convinced that you need friends. Uh, so what is friendship, right? In Psychology Today, I read a list of the kinds of things that make a healthy friendship. Honesty, trust, um, reciprocation, thinking the best of each other, assuming the best of each other, forgiving and being willing to forgive, um, and respect. Okay, so all of these are things that we should have as Vaishnavas in our relationships, whether you're talking about making friends or not, right? We are supposed to be respectful. We are supposed to be forgiving and to seek forgiveness, to make amends when we've done something wrong. Um, we should think the best of others. We should be honest and trustworthy. So that sounds like it fits pretty well with, you know, what Vaishnavas ought to be doing. And an important aspect of friendship is intimacy, right? So what does intimacy mean? It means you see me as I am and you accept me. You know, that doesn't mean that everything I do is perfect or that you think I'm always right, but you accept me as I am. And I see you as you are and accept you as you are. And that's something as devotees, we often shy away from. We don't necessarily like to reveal ourselves fully. But what does our scripture have to say about this idea of friendship and intimacy? Um, actually, we're directed to make devotees our intimate friends. In the third canto, Kapila Dev describes the um, qualities of a devotee. And one of those is maitra, or friendliness. A devotee is supposed to be friendly. All right, so we should be friendly to everyone, acceptable. But he goes on to say that we should only make intimate friendships with devotees, right? So that's the kind of relationship we're meant to be having with devotees. It's meant to be intimate. Srila Prabhupada points out that um, we should be revealing our mind to the devotees, right? We should be intimate. We should be showing our real selves. And this is an important point. The, uh, Kapila Dev also says that we should make friendships on, on the basis of spajati, you know, of the same caste. And Prabhupada ex explains um, people at the same level of understanding and with similar interests. So it's not that we should be intimate friends with everyone, but we should be intimate friends with those who are on a similar platform, you know, at, at the same or similar um, level of realization, and with those with which we have mutual interests. You know, devotees are individuals. We sometimes click with people and we sometimes don't. So this is part, an important part, of what it means to associate with devotees. So what, what gets in the way of us making these friendships? Right? And one thing is just being impersonal with devotees. Right. And I have a really hard time being impersonal. I guess it's kind of my natural conditioning that I, if I don't think about it, if I don't put some effort into it, um, I will be impersonal. That's my default. Uh, and, and one of the things that I've realized about being impersonal is 
a lot of times it's because I don't want to expend the energy it takes to be personal, right? I'm in a hurry. I have an important service to do. Um, you know, I, my time is valuable. I'm going to call you. I'm going to ask you for the information I need and I'm going to get it. And that's it. I don't have time for how are you or, you know, what's been going on in your life or things like this. And my husband's always chastising me that, you know, this is important. And I know that, and it's good to be reminded of that. Um, there's also a psychological theory called, you know, conservation of energy. And what that means is when we're dealing with a situation, we like to find the way that requires the least mental energy, right? It just makes sense. You know, we always need to conserve energy. So one of the ways human beings do this is through stereotypes, right? So if I use a stereotype when I'm meeting a new person, I don't have to expend the energy to find out who that person is as an individual, right? I just use my stereotype to decide how am I going to relate to this person? What am I going to expect from this person? Okay. So there are those of us who are, you know, just impersonally conditioned, but there's also a natural human tendency to treat each other impersonally. Right. So that's one of the things that gets in the way of us actually having friendships as opposed to just being in the presence or, you know, being in the same event with devotees. And I'm, I'm going to ask Radhanath Swami to forgive me at this point, but I'm, I'm going to use an example um, of something that he taught me. And I, I, it's just such a, it had so much impact on me that I, I feel compelled to share it. Um, when I lived in New Vrindavan, I was on the board of directors and Maharaj was also on the board of directors. And Maharaj was always late, always late for the meetings. And not just five or 10 or 15 minutes late, very late, right? And the board members discussed, you know, this was a problem because naturally we wanted Maharaj's input. We didn't want to move forward without him. And so, uh, you know, the realization was that he's late because devotees always want to talk to him, right? So we should send someone who can extricate him, right? From, his, from the crowds of devotees that want his association. And having a lot of faith in my own ability to be firm and to chastise people, I volunteered. I'll go and get Maharaj, right? And I did, and I found Maharaj in a group of devotees, talking with them, and said, you know, Maharaj, it's time for the meeting, right? Let's go. And began my service of telling the devotees to leave Maharaj alone. And it's one of the few times that I've, I've felt like Maharaj was really annoyed with me, you know? That, and he made it clear that I needed to stop doing that. And we walked across the courtyard from the temple to the building where this, you know, this meeting was taking place. And Maharaj spoke to everyone who greeted him, every devotee, old, young, visitors, residents, longtime devotee, brand new devotee. He spoke with everyone in a very personal way. And when I got over feeling agitated that Mars was being late for the board meeting, I realized that this was a very important lesson because Mars was seeing every single devotee as important. Mars was seeing every single exchange as a loving exchange. And it really made me realize how far away from that vision I am 
but how important it is to cultivate that vision, that devotees are important, that it matters, you know, whether we are abrupt or whether we are kind. And I've seen in my own life, my husband has been a relatively successful creature of Krishna consciousness, right? And it's because he's so personal. He really gets to know people and he cares about them, right? I've tried to do the same thing, but it doesn't come from my heart, so it doesn't work as well. But, you know, this loving devotees and caring for devotees is so powerful and so important. Srila Prabhupada actually made this point that um, individuals are valuable because they are individuals. There's a very interesting exchange between Shamsundar Prabhu and Srila Prabhupada when they're discussing Western philosophers. And Shamsundar presents this idea that it's a problem when we treat people as objects. Okay. And he asks Srila Prabhupada from the Vaishnav point of view, how do we overcome this problem of seeing people as objects? And what's interesting is how long it takes for Srila Prabhupada to understand that concept. It's so foreign to him. For many sentences, he can't understand what Shamsundar Prabhu is asking him. And finally, when he does, he says, you have to examine their individual propensities, right? In other words, you have to get to know them and you have to see what's unique about them, right? And that makes sense because you can't love somebody you don't know. We always say that in respect to Krishna, but it's true in respect to Vaishnavas also. We can't have loving relationships if we don't get to know each other. But it also tells us that these individual differences are important right? They're not flaws in the design. It's not that this devotee who has a personality that's different from mine is is flawed. No, that devotee is valuable because of those differences, right? And a lot of times, at least my tendency is to think that when people approach Krishna consciousness in a way that's not compatible with the way that I approach Krishna consciousness, my tendency is to think they're doing it wrong. I'm doing it the right way and they're doing it the wrong way. But that's absolutely untrue, right? Those individual approaches come from the fact that we're individual people and Krishna has individual relationships with us. So the fundamental foundation of our practice is always gonna be the same, but the flavor is gonna depend on the individual and that's wonderful, okay. So another thing besides impersonalism and just being lazy that prevents us from making these deep friendships is fear and a feeling of shame. And what I mean by that is it's often very difficult for us to reveal ourselves. Um, Many times, especially as a younger devotee, my focus was on presenting the perfect facade to all the other devotees right? I'm such a nice, humble, submissive, modest, Krishna conscious Mataji. That's what I want you to see, which is fine, except that that wasn't a real person. (laughs) You know, that was the facade that I was working very, very hard to project. And one point is you cannot have a loving relationship if you're not being authentic, right? If I'm pretending to be somebody and you're friends with me, you're not really my friend. And I'm not getting any emotional support from you because you're reciprocating with someone who doesn't exist. 
So if I want friendship, I want love and support, I have to be genuine. I have to be real. And the other thing is that revealing ourselves, being vulnerable with, with each other, not only creates intimacy, but it's a service that we can do for each other. I learned so much as a younger devotee from those who were able to share that they had struggled with something and they had found a way to deal with that struggle, right? I heard from a lot of devotees who didn't struggle and that was not particularly helpful to me because I couldn't understand how to live on that platform of motive goodness, right? It, it's, it had no tangibility for me and I couldn't see how to get from where, where I was to, um, to where the mode of goodness is. And of course, there's, you know, the obvious answer, and it's a true answer that, you know, just keep chanting Hare Krishna and you'll become purified, you know, but it also helped so much to talk to, to devotees who had gone through similar experiences and had, at, if nothing else, I got the hope, you know, I could see it was possible to go from where I was to where I wanted to be. And I got some very good practical advice. And I'm so grateful that these Vaishnavis shared these things with me and didn't succumb to that temptation to pretend that, you know, they never had any struggles, that they were always Krishna conscious. Having said that, um, it is important to choose who you're vulnerable with. You know, sometimes there are devotees that are going to judge us. Sometimes there are devotees that we can't count on to keep things confidential. So we do have to be intelligent about who we share with and, and what we share with certain people. But all of us need somebody that we can genuinely be ourselves with. And all of us can offer this service to other devotees that we, we can listen. We can accept where they are. We can encourage them to make make progress as we're all trying to make progress, um, but from a place of love and not from a place of judgment. And I just like to conclude by talking a little bit about Srila Prabhupada, because Srila Prabhupada was such a great example of a friend. You know, Krishna is our friend. We know Krishna is our friend. Um, and actually Krishna is a great example of how to be a friend also in, in the, um, the pastime with Sudan Brahman, for example, there's such a loving relationship between those two. It's a great example of the power of friendship. But Srila Prabhupada was also everyone's friend. And that's actually how he started this movement. He didn't start this movement because he was such a great religious scholar. He didn't start this movement because he, you know, people understood that he was a powerful sannyasi and they should do what he said. He started this movement based on friendship. He made friendship with the devotees. He got to know the devotees. He let the devotees get to know him and they became inspired. Um, my Guru Raj Goswami often says that when he took initiation, he didn't really understand the full import of what he was doing. But because he had come to know Srila Prabhupada and knew that Prabhupada was his friend. He trusted Srila Prabhupada. And so he was willing to take this step into the unknown. And there's one example that really hits home for me. And my Guru Maharaj says it's one of, one of the things that really impelled him forward in Krishna consciousness. Um, at one point, after he had begun associating with Srila Prabhupada and the devotees, 
he was arrested for a crime and you know it, it was not something he had done it was a mistaken arrest but the mistake the arrest was publicized in the newspaper and all of his friends and colleagues read about it mm -hmm. and the offense he was accused of was something that really involved you know uh, low moral character uh, only a person of low moral character could have done this thing and he said he found that no one would take his calls you know, no one was willing to be associated with him. He was being shunned by the friends and colleagues that he had had. He said the one person who called him was Srila Prabhupada. And Srila Prabhupada called him and said, you know, I, I read about you in the newspaper. I want to know how you are. And he said at that point, he realized who was really his friend. You know, and it shifted his focus from wanting to be a successful musician to wanting to serve Srila Prabhupada. So I, in, in conclusion, I guess what I want to say is don't underestimate the power of friendship. You know, it is one of the most powerful forces in the world. Uh, don't, don't neglect to make friends and be a friend because that's part of the process of Krishna consciousness. And um, I, again, want to thank everybody for giving me this opportunity and for all of your service. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Radha Prabhu. Thank you so much for your constant encouragement and your support, without which nothing of this was possible. Thank you so much. Um, so our intention was actually to do a question and answer se session, and that was going to be via chat. But because of Radha Prabhu sharing the pastime of being personal, we're going to take the risk and unmute um, whoever raises their hand. Please keep your questions short so we can, you know, cover more questions. Please address the question to Maharaj or rather Prabhu, or both. Um, so I'm going to go down the list and take a look at who has raised their hands. I see some devotees raising their hands on the screen. I cannot see everybody's screen. So please raise your hand. There's a way you can raise your hand in the chat. If you don't know how to do that, just type. I have a question. So I see that somebody from Dubai um, has a question. It says iPhone Krishnan. I do not know what the name is. I'm unmuting you. Please ask your question. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances onto your lotus feet. Uh, my name is Suna Larjuna. And I just want to say it's such a glorious, glorious blessing to have your association and all the wonderful Vaishnavis. So my heartfelt gratitude. Very quickly, I'll keep the question short. Uh, my question is, how do I um, get rid of the viruses of, you know, envy and pride and ego, which just creeps up on me on an everyday basis, as opposed to, say, COVID, which, you know, if you maintain social distancing and all that stuff, you can kind of avoid. But how do I get rid of all these viruses so that I can remain steady in my sadhana bhakti and my service to um, the devotees? Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you very much. Um, 
course, social distancing can be applied to Krishna consciousness or bhakti yoga also. Asat Sangatyaga Vaishnav, that to associate with people who um, give us spiritual health, to associate with, with those people, those devotees who nourish our Krishna consciousness, as Radha Devi Prabhu was saying, you know, like minded people who actually. Um, Machata madgata prana bodhiyanta parasparam katiyantashchamam nityam tushyanti charamanti chahu who share Krishna, who share bhakti with each other and who really care about each other. That association is very, very important. And in that association, you know, we do not engage in those activities with those people that take our mind away from, from our real values, character, and devotion. So I would say the whole idea of satsang or association is social distancing from people who potentially are unfavorable to our spiritual lives. And today there's a passionate um, effort to find a vaccination to this disease that will actually inoculate us inoculate us, and Srila Prabhupada gave us that inoculation, that vaccination. Enechi asadi maya nashiboro lagi harinam mahamantra lautumimagi. That if we regularly take the holy name of Krishna sincerely with all our heart, um, and we associate with people who uplift us, then we can be inoculated and safe and, and purified from the diseases of material distraction and false egoism. So this is the wonderful formula that our doctor, Srila Prabhupada, on behalf of the Supreme Doctor, Lord Chaitanya, has given us to, um, in this age of Kali, there's an epidemic of, of maya and selfishness, and we need this type of um, regular um, vaccination to remain healthy and pure and with a service attitude where we could actually help. I hope that answers your question to some extent. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Radha Prabhu, would you like to add something to this? Um, I'll just add that one of the things I've experienced is that Envy comes when I'm feeling insecure about myself. So the more I feel like the devotees accept me for who I am, just naturally the less envious I'm going to be because I, I know that I'm valued and loved. Thank you so much, Guru. Um, Venu Gita. Venu Gita, if you could please see you, raise your hand. I'm going to unmute you. Hare Krishna Radha Prabhu. Please accept my humble obeisance on your lotus feet. And Hare Krishna Radhana Swami Maharaj, please accept my obeisance on your feet. I have one question when we were when Radha Prabhu was telling that in friendship is the one that your friends are close and they are actually work as a mirror and they point you 
the area of improvement that you have now it has i have experience in my life that sometimes even if you think that you are very close to the person and you try to reflect and tell them about the area of improvement they feel offended and bad it does it does it not contribute as a vaishnava aparad it's definitely an area to handle delicately and i know for me personally even when people are extremely gentle and loving my first emotional response is pain oh my goodness how can you point out my flaw um and i like i said i'm really good at pointing out other people's flaws and i have in the past uh been yeah guilty of vaishnava aparada on that basis one thing i realized is you i don't give unsolicited feedback and i focus on please give me the feedback you know and i don't give the feedback unless if someone asks for it thank you so much marj would you like to add something to this yeah let us meditate on what radha devi prabhu has spoken <laughs> thank you very much so tamil Tamila Prabhu, we are unmuting you. Please ask the question. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Radha Prabhu and Radhana Swami Maharaj. My obeisances. Uh, I'm going to open uh, Bhakti Vriksha. What kind, what suggestions could you give to someone who is uh, planning to open Bhakti Vriksha so we can uh, build really friendly relations in, inside of the group? Thank you. <laughs> um yeah my husband could answer this really well one of the primary things that we focused on was as my husband says just be nice to everybody that's probably the most important preaching but the other was to create space within the program so that there's time for people to have individual exchanges a lot of times we'll have a program with where it's kirtan um discussion or you know some formal exchange of knowledge kirtan prasad um that doesn't leave a space for the devotees to actually have friendships so he always made sure that there was time either after prasadam or during prasadam that it was um very easy for people to talk to each other and get to know each other marsh would you like to add something to that Shri Shaprabhu, uh, we're going to unmute you. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, Dandak Pranam, all glories to Srila Prabhupada, Hare Krishna, Radham, Prabhu, Dandak Pranam. Guru Maharaj, I have a question. How to grow in Krishna consciousness for a Vaishnavi who she is only practicing, not her husband or family or parents or in-laws? Is it possible without any support in the family that she can grow and not fall down back again? because why i'm asking this uh, the environment in the home is different while i go to temple is different um so i'm just asking how can how can i stay stick to that uh, krishna consciousness to go further thank you <laughs> through your association whenever the opportunity comes 
through your own personal sadhana or spiritual practice, um, understand how much we need to be spiritually nourished to have the strength to perform our duties in this world in a way that we're, you know, coming from that foundational place of Krishna consciousness. So in, in such a situation, it's time, place, and circumstance. Every, everyone's condition is unique, but a general principle, which I really found people who in your situation have really grown and oftentimes in the process of growing have gradually brought their family with them to the path of devotional service. And that is to be respectful and to be understanding um, of why people don't understand us and to be sympathetic toward the natural fears that people may have when we're taking such a strong step in our own spiritual lives and, and be, be empathetic, be sympathetic toward them and respectful to them. But at the same time, to embrace our own values, to embrace the path of devotion. And in time, when we become a better wife, a better husband, a better daughter, a better mother or father a, a, than we ever were before while practicing Krishna consciousness, then people's hearts and minds open to accept this must be something good. Radha Prabhu, would you like to add anything? <laughs> Okay, so now that's going to be the trend. <laughs> okay, I'm going to, um, the next Vaishnavi we have is Ivania. We're going to unmute you, please ask your question. Ivania? We cannot hear you. Maybe we'll go down back to you a little later. Amnia Devi, unmute you. Please ask your question. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, Dhanavat Pranams. I'm Hare Krishna, Radha Prabhu. Um, my question is for Radha Prabhu. Um, my husband and I, we travel a lot for our service. And we're, when we are traveling, we're constantly on the move. And I see how this impedes my ability to dive deeper into my Vaishnavi friendships. And while I have several close friends, I do long to have friendships with the ladies who are closer to my age. And I happen to live in a country where there are almost no senior devotees. And in the same country, the culture is extremely reserved and the etiquette is to keep respectful distance. Um, so I'm looking to go deeper. And at the same time, I do see in myself, um, sometimes I have a lack of trust that I can reveal myself in confidence to other devotees. And I'm wondering, um, because I've noticed 
in ISCON, I've seen how many people just share each other's stories like it's a public property. And I'm wondering if you can help me. Uh, how can I overcome that hesitation to open up more, to go deeper? How can I build more trust while at the same time keeping a healthy discrimination? I, I really resonate with your situation. You know, I feel myself very much uh, in that situation often. I guess one thing for me is trying to understand that building friendships takes time and it takes repeated effort. That's not something I'm particularly good at. Um, and also to be okay with having um, overtures of friendship not accepted or partially accepted. Or, um, when someone hurts my feelings, well, let me put that differently. When my feelings, when I feel hurt by someone else's behavior, my instinct is to go away and never speak to that person again. <laughs> you know, um, either you accept me or you know just don't don't exist. Uh, you know, and that's not how friendship really works. You know, it's it's uh, we share ourselves bit by bit. You know, we get to know each other a step at a time, and that just takes. Yeah, overcoming our reluctance. It just takes doing. Thank you so much, Radhapubu. Marge, would you like to add anything? <laughs> okay. Deshri Radhapubu, if you could ask your question, we're going to unmute you. Thank you so much. Um, Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Um, Radha Prabhu, please accept my humble obeisances. So I note down this question where uh, Guru Maharaj was giving his um, wonderful heart touching class. Is where Maharaj said that we should help each other to cross this ocean of birth and death. Um, right now we are in a position, particularly talking about myself, where we need help. And uh, you know, after spending uh, so many years in the moment, you know, there are certain expectations. Um, but, and then there's an, there's a, there's a fear. There's a, you know, I'm afraid that I'll be judged if I go ask for help in certain areas where we are supposed to meet those expectations. So how to overcome this fear? I think, uh, Radha Prabhu, you also touched on this. So Maharaj, um, please help. <laughs> in... There are so many levels of advancement that devotees have and so many levels of compassion also. And then we also have our own particular relationships with devotees. As far as possible, we should be respectful and oriented towards service to all Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis. But at the same time, you know, those who we naturally trust, those who we naturally have faith that they are our well-wishers, or as Radha Devi Prabhu said, who really we feel a friendship with, um, to those devotees we could really open our hearts and... And that's very important to have those relationships. 
It may be with many, it may be with a few, and it happens natural. And at the same time, in giving we receive, you know, to be such a friend to others is something that is within our powers. And to the degree we really try to do that, we may recognize more and more how we really do have friends who truly do care about us, who we can trust and put our, our faith in. And in, that's really what it means to put Krishna in the center, to, to really on behalf of Srila Prabhupada and our acharyas, to, to genuinely strive to be well-wishers for each other. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Radha Prabhu, would you like to add anything? I would if I can not. Yeah, there we go. Um, well, I know I had an experience once where I was really struggling with something. And I asked, you know, a senior uh, Vaishnavi for advice. And she said, how's your japa going? You know, and at the time, my japa was pretty pathetic. You know, and I, I felt a lot of shame, you know, and that question, I, I answered it, but, you know, afterwards, oh, my gosh, everyone could tell I'm not chanting my sounds, right? blah, 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 blah. And I went back to her because it bothered me so much. And I said, how can, how could you tell that I wasn't chanting, you know, um, what gave it away? And she said, oh, I didn't know you weren't chanting. It's just that. Many other devotees who've had that issue, you know, they haven't been chanting. So I asked you to see if that was the case with you. And it was like this light bulb went on in my head. I'm not the only devotee who has ever struggled with Japa. You know, I'm not the only devotee who, who has ever struggled with this other issue. Um, and that, that was very helpful for me, you know. Um, and I will say, too, that it's very important not to share our struggles with those who are junior to us you know whether that is people who are looking to us for inspiration should not be the same people that we're sharing our struggles with thank you so much Prabhu. um ras Leela priya Prabhu, we're going to unmute you please ask your question ras Leela Prabhu. We're going to unmute you. Please ask your question. Thank you, sir. Um, please accept my humble obeisances. Um, I'll go to you. Uh, thank you, Radha Maharaj, for class and um, Radha Mataji. I have a question, uh, two questions. Um, my question is always that I'm currently in school, so it's very difficult to um, stay on, uh, find the right association and often. Um, I get surrounded by peers that have influence on me. And I feel like I'm two different people when I'm in temple and when I'm in school. So how can we um, find the right association and stick to Krishna consciousness, although there's different environments? And also, um, Radha Mataji, you had mentioned about how sometimes when people don't accept us, that's when our insecurities come up. So 
how can we accept that? There's always going to be people that don't accept us, but stick Krishna and um, our sadhana. I can answer that. I couldn't hear the question, so Radhadevi, if you can, I'll be right back too. Sure, thank you very much. Um, those are really good questions, by the way. Um, I remember one time asking Tamal Krishna Goswami why he wore sannyas dress when he went to university to get his PhD. And he said because he didn't want to be two different people, you know, so he had to have one identity the whole way. It, it is hard. You know, when you're, especially in school where you're artificially isolated with your age group, you know, it is very difficult. Um, so I wouldn't be too hard on myself, you know, as far as not always getting that balance right. Um, but the more you can cultivate intimate friendship, the more I can cultivate intimate friendship with devotees, um, just the better I feel all the way around to put my heart with the devotees, even if I have my body has to be somewhere else. Um, and then it also helps to look, look for the person that you think you can share some Krishna consciousness with, you know, instead of relating to these people on the material platform, you know, you kind of spiritualize it. And, and those people may be few and far between, but just the act of looking makes us feel, you know, reinforces our identity, who we really are. Um, and then, oh, the other question, yeah, well, I'm 58 years old and I still struggle with that. So again, don't don't be hard on yourself. I was on Facebook yesterday and found myself meditating on a particular Vaishnavi who doesn't like me, you know, and having this conversation in my head where I was trying to explain to her that her perception of me was wrong, you know, and all I could do finally was just say, okay, stop. You know, I'm not gonna let this in my head. What other people think of me, none of my business. And then, you know, Prabhupada always said, get a higher taste. So when, when I feel like someone's judging me or um, doesn't like me, or, you know, to redirect my focus. Um, Radha Swami gave an instruction recently to someone I know who said, focus on the people who like me. I hope that helps. Thank you, Madhiji. So um, Divyangi, Mataji, we're going to unmute you. Divyangi Leela Mataji. Um, we're going to unmute you. Please ask your question. Hare Krishna. Uh, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for a wonderful, wonderful lecture. So I have a question. Um, what if they are like, uh, well, community can be different and temple devotees also can be different. And what if they are in a association day by day life, there is no like-minded association. And of course we have to unfold different things in us that probably there are people, you know, it's just something wrong with us, which is also a kind of guilt comes from this. And, but sometimes it seems like people only, uh, devotees only kind of, talk to you only if they see that you do service. If they don't see that you do service, there is no even reason to talk to you. And I've experienced it for many, many weeks. <laughs> so, and um, even though um, 
but in all the books, right, we understand that we don't have to expect these things from devotees, but it try to offer themselves, you know, try to all offer ourselves and don't expect really reciprocation. But how I'm I'm just kind of don't understand at all how how can it work like that? Uh if if you can answer that, something about these things, like not like minded devotees around. Thank you. <laughs> Some things we just don't have control over and some we do. And Srila Prabhupada would repeatedly plead with us to be sincere. So we sincerely seek those devotees that we can make this, this heartfelt and spiritual connection with. And wherever the opportunity is there, if our hearts are open and we're seeking, then by Krishna's grace, we can find those relationships, those friendships. Um, and where they may seem to be rare, um, we, we need to introspect, or as His Holiness Bhakti Tirta Swami Maharaj would say, to take inventory within ourself, you know, are we really receptive? Is is the problem that I'm not really approaching devotees in the proper attitude, and I have um, expectations that are not realistic? Um, if if we're sincere, if we're honest, if we're seeking these relationships, then when we do find it, it will be so meaningful for us. Um, there has been questions about how the environment at the temple is very different than the environment sometimes at home or in our workplace. And sometimes there's different environments according to different people, even within the temple. Mm -hmm. This is natural. So to, to be sincere, to be seeking um, shelter, shelter of Krishna, in friendships and in relationships with devotees. Um, and if we find even a, even a drop of that, if we really open our, our hearts to receive that drop, it can, it can nourish us in, a, in an extraordinary way. Thank you. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Radha Prabhu, would you like to add anything to this? Um, you know, part of what I love about Krishna consciousness is that there are rules, you know, there's aspects of Krishna consciousness where you do step A, you do step B, you do step C, you get this result. That's very comforting. Relationships are not like that. Relationships are messy and complicated and they they change, you know. So being friends, it, it, it's challenging. And it means we're if we're opening our hearts to others, there are times when we're going to get hurt. You know, we're going to feel rejected. That's part of it. Um, and I, I know for me, it's just a question of keep trying. And also sometimes it's just facilitation. Like, you know, oftentimes when I, a group of Vaishnavis is 
together, you know, there are 10 Vaishnavis in that group that would really like to have more association, but nobody has taken the initiative to say, you know, let's get at my house. Um, but to just keep trying, you know, when my husband, husband and I first started doing home programs, I think the first program we maybe had one person, you know, and we were ready to give up, you know, but um, you just have to, to keep trying. And, and I know that's challenging. I don't like, you know, uh, extending myself only to be rejected, but you know, that, that's how relationships are. Thank you. And thank you so much, Radha Prabhu. Uh, Sweta Prabhu, you're unmuted. Please ask the question. Hare Krishna. So we have a question from Raslila Priya Devidasi. Um, and she's asking a question for Maharaj. Please, as a healthcare worker, how do I maintain stability during this health crisis, especially with my spirituality and maintaining my vows? which I took during initiation. The mental and emotional toll alone have been overwhelming. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, your servant, Rasa Lila Priya. Please be sincere. Be honest with Paramatma in your heart, with your own self and try your very, very best, and that will be your success. Srila Prabhupada, your gurus, Krishna will be pleased if you're honest, sincere, and, and trying your very best. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Uh, Radha Bhava Prabhu? You have been. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Hare Krishna Radha Devi Prabhu, Dhanat Pranam. I have a question. Um, Guru Maharaj, while helping with the process of helping other Vaishnavis, how do I take precautions um, to avoid Vaishnava Prat so that I can remain in good spiritual health to help others? I, the same answer I would like to share. Be honest, be sincere, and really try your best. Um, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has explained to us how negative is the consequence of Vaishnava Parad. And he has graphically explained it to be the mad elephant offense. So we should take it very seriously. Um, Vaishnava Parad is especially detrimental when due to selfishness, due to envy, we try to bring another devotee down. Um, so we must be very careful to guard against that because the nature of the false ego is we're inclined for, to do those things. And really, that's where humility, Trinada Bisunichena Taro Ivasahishnana, Amani Namanadena Kirtaniya Sadahari is very important. At the same time, with that character as Vaishnavi, um, we really 
are enthusiastic and determined to perform our devotional service. So it's not something automatic. We perform our sadhana sincerely. We perform our service sincerely. But we must check and be conscientious to keep check on our false ego that we're not letting it go astray and justify our own egoistic purpose in the name of um, service. We, we have to be very conscientious to amani namanadena, to be respectful to others, to be sensitive to others' situations and their needs, and in whatever, as far as possible, to try to uplift each other and not push each other down. And if we have that, um, that motivation, then Krishna will protect us. Sorry, I was on mute. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marge. Radha Prabhu, would you like to add anything? Um, we have maybe five more minutes. I see a lot of questions, but we're just going to pick a few more devotees. You will be unmuted. Please ask your question. Um, Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisances. Hare Krishna, Radha Devi, Prabhu, please accept my obeisances. Um, my question is, how does one overcome the disappointment that can arise when um, you feel that those with whom you have developed quite solid relationships, um, you feel that they haven't met your expectations in terms of you know, when you've gone through a very challenging time um, and it's natural to feel a sort of expectation that, you know, someone may help you in a specific way. Um, how do you overcome the disappointment of this, this unmet expectation? Um, and just, you know, like my husband, he always tells me, you know, try, try just not to have any expectations um, like with, a, with other relationships with Vaishnavis. But that's so actually so difficult to have zero expectations. So how do how do you um, sort of understand what an appropriate level of expectation is, or you know, or just overcome that disappointment without having to um, address it specifically with that that person because you know that may lead to further offense in their mind. Please, Radha Prabhu, I answered the previous question. I am, um, a lot of times I don't realize I have an expectation until my feelings get hurt. And then, you know, I look at why are my feelings hurt and realize because somebody didn't meet my expectations. So I, I don't expect myself to walk through the world in this ideal spiritual state, that's just not gonna happen. Um, so for me, the best I can do is when I do recognize that I am having an unrealistic expectation to acknowledge that, uh, to process you know, the 
the exchange through that lens. And, and I guess what I mean by that is there's, there's my feelings and there's my thoughts about my feelings. My feelings aren't necessarily within my control. You know, they're governed by uh, past conditioning, biology, so many different things. But I can either amplify or minimize my feelings based on my thoughts about the feelings. So if I'm thinking from the standpoint of Krishna consciousness, you know, what does I want me to learn in this situation? What is my part in this situation? Um, you know, that just kind of helps me process it more quickly. And a lot of times I find that I have unmet expectations because I'm trying to get water from a stone. I keep going back to a place where, you know, someone has proven to me they don't have the thing that I'm looking for. They can't give it to me because they just don't have it. And for some reason, I just keep going back to this person and be let down over and over again. You know, that's not on them. That's on me. You know, so um, I guess part of what I'm saying is that I learn more from my mistakes than <laughs> from my successes. I hope that's helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Radha Prabhu. Um, so I'm going to call on Sweta. Hi, Krishna. So I have a question here from Prana Priya Devi Dasi from Germany. Um, she has some kids in the background, so she's not able to ask the question. She's humbly asked me to uh, request on her behalf. So she is in Karlsruhe, Germany, with three children and a husband. Um, she does not have any association. They travel 2.5 hours to the nearest ISKCON temple. She feels like she's in a forest without any association of devotees. To become an instrument and start some home programs with little children, um, she feels it's very challenging and she herself is a neophyte devotee. Could you please guide her on how she can serve at Karlsruhe and create association for herself? What should she do? <laughs> association can be recognized when we're eager and we're grateful. Because whatever situation we're in, Krishna's there. You know, Krishna is a paramatma within our heart, and he, he's going to give us association according to a time, place, and circumstance. Um, if we're eager to be with devotees at a temple, to be doing service with, that, that's wonderful. We should be eager like that. But if we're in a situation where that's not possible, it's not a... Um, impediment to our spiritual progress. It's an impediment when it's available and we don't open our hearts to receive it. But if it's not available, then by reading Srila Prabhupada's books, by listening to his recordings or the recordings of other Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis, um, by in this way, if, if we're really eager for association, if we're thirsty, then we'll get our full association in that way. And when the physical opportunity is there to be serving and dancing and singing along with the Vaishnavas, when that comes, then we'll be eager for that. But in whatever situation we're in, it's a perfect opportunity 
to become Krishna conscious. Um, Krishna is there in our heart, and he'll give association for us, you know, wherever we may be, with our family members, with our deities, with the books, with the technologies that we have to hear lectures and YouTubes and all of these things. We could find association. And if we have the proper devotional attitude of gratitude, then whatever form that association may take will be sufficient to nourish us so that we can spiritually grow and be connected to Krishna. Thank you very much, March.